welcome back to Deliberately With Purpose. Thank you for joining me for the second episode of my self-care series, Self-Care and Depression. Now, I have recorded this episode several times. It's why it's taken me so long to get it out there because I depression is such, not only is it a personal topic for me, but it's such a complex topic to talk about that every time I recorded an episode, I kind of rambled. And I kept going off topic and looping around and doing this, that, and the third. So to avoid a lot of those gymnastics, I'm going to try to attempt a one take on just how to self-care with depression. So fingers crossed, this works out good. Now, before I get into the nitty gritty, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. I am not in any way, shape, or form a medical professional. If you do have depression, feel you might have depression, I suggest you talk to your primary care physician about what options you might have to take care of your depression. Uh, These are just tips and suggestions that I have that have managed to work for me. That's not to say it's going to work for all of you, but you're more than welcome to try it out. So self-caring with depression is kind of difficult uh, because one of the main symptoms of depression is loss of interest in things that interest you. So it's kind of hard to... Just say, well, just go out and do the things that you love because, well, depression makes you not want to do anything but sleep and mope around. So for me, what I try to do and what I try to recommend is something that I guess is unconventional for a lot of people, but indulge. Don't go crazy, but indulge. If you don't have anything pressing going on, if you've already taken care of you know, working for the day and you just want to go home and relax and you just want to be in your own, your little bubble, then do it. It's not the greatest advice. Like I said, this is just what I do for myself. A lot of people would see that as lazy, but here's my reasoning behind it. Okay. Taking care of yourself means giving your body what it needs. So for instance, if you feel lightheaded and dizzy or you have a migraine you know you know that that means your body is saying either feed me or if you have a caffeine addiction you know drink some coffee typically when your body has some kind of symptoms nine times out of ten you'll know off the bat what it is that your body is needing or what it's looking for and it's very easy from there to take the next step into fulfilling that need for your body to get rid of the symptom that you don't want that's the way i think of depression it's not Uh, I don't mean to trivialize it and, and make it into something simple, but for the sake of this example, that's what I'm going to use. So for me, for instance, I drink coffee every day for, for work. Don't typically indulge on the weekends, but every morning for work, I take a fresh cup of coffee, sometimes two, and I drink that every day. Now, because I don't really indulge on the weekends because the weekends I sleep in as much as I can. I typically have migraines throughout the day on the weekends. I know that that's my body's way of saying, hey, five days out of the week, you gave me this thing. Now I want this thing the last two days of the week. You're not giving it to me, so I'm going to protest vehemently. That would be my advice also with treating depression, self-caring with depression. There's nothing wrong with taking a little bit of me time. There's nothing wrong with putting off a couple of chores so that you can have some time to give your body what it needs. Now, to get into more specifics of what I'm talking about here, personally, one of the ways that my depression manifests itself is, and I find that this is very common for a lot of people, is 
cleanliness, whether it be hygiene or in general, but I'm talking about in general cleanliness. So I know when I'm slipping into a more active depressive state by the state of my room, the messier my room gets, the more deterioration is present in my mental state. And then it becomes a vicious cycle because I have a lot of anxiety with being in messy cluttered spaces and it amplifies my depression. It's a vicious cycle. Depression makes you not want to clean. It makes you um, not be on top of your game when it comes to making sure things are neat and organized and the way you prefer it. But at the same time, it also makes it so that even though you notice the mess, even though you're not happy with the mess, you're too depressed to do anything about it. So if you are feeling like you just you see the mess, but you just don't want to worry about it. You just want to lay down and be a little cocoon and a little blanket burrito in your bed. Be kind to yourself. Give your body what it needs. If that's what your depression is asking for so you can feel a little bit better, then just do it. The mess is going to be there when you wake up. The mess is going to be there later. The mess is always going to be there until you are out of your depressive state and you can actually take the time to clean it and clear your mental headspace. Again, that's probably not the most professional of the device. I'm sure my therapist would not tell me to do that, but that's just something that I've felt works for me. And the better reason for that is because for me personally, my depression also manifests itself in self-deprecation. So I, um, I talk down to myself and I get into this really negative mindset where I, I call myself all types of names and I just don't appreciate myself for all the other good that I'm doing. All I do is focus on the bad that is happening, the mess that I see around me and not the fact that I bothered to wake up and get to work on time and I did a good job at work and all the things that I did throughout the day that were productive and that were important for me to do. When I'm in my depressive state, I tend to ignore all of that and I just focus and zero in on the things in my life that are not as important, but for some reason are just what I fixate on and I condemn myself for not doing it. So when I say indulge yourself, I mean take care of yourself, not only outwardly as much as you can, but also inwardly and not just mentally, but I mean specifically how you talk to yourself because that is also going to fuel your depression. If you're constantly talking down to yourself and you're constantly putting yourself down for things that your depression doesn't allow you to complete or do, even though part of you wants to do it, you're not really getting anywhere. All you're really doing is shoving yourself down even farther and making yourself more depressed and digging yourself into a deeper hole. And it's just going to be a vicious cycle that you're not really going to get yourself out of as quickly as you want to get yourself out of it. So be kind to yourself. You don't have to sit there and if if you're not this type of person, because I'm not this type of person, to write down you know affirmations and put them on sticky notes everywhere and, and read them. Affirmations don't really do much for me personally. Um, if that's what works for you, then by all means, feel free to do that. But self-affirmations don't really do much to aid in getting myself out of my depression. The thing that helps me is leaving tomorrow's problems for the me of tomorrow. Depression isn't a constant state. It ebbs and it flows. It's not one thing all the time. Again, let me just say for me personally, for other people who have more severe depression, I'm not speaking about them. I'm not speaking for them. But for me, I kind of teeter on this little ledge of high functioning to low functioning depression. It kind of comes in waves. Sometimes I'm really good and sometimes I'm really bad and it just kind of comes and goes. So 
for me, what I try to do is, like I said, talk well to myself. I try not to talk myself down. I may not necessarily sit there and sing my praises, but at the very least, I try not to condemn myself. So even though my room may be messy, even though I know that that's a clear indication that my mental state is deteriorating and is in a low place, I still try to be forgiving to myself and say, you know what? I really don't feel good. I don't want to do anything. I took care of the main responsibilities that I need to do to be a functioning adult in society. What's the harm in going to sleep early or what's the harm in just laying here and doing what I want to do and just kind of being me? If that's what my depression is asking me to do, if that's what I feel is going to make me feel better in any way, shape or form, what's the harm in doing that? You are an adult. You can make your own decisions. You can live your life how you want to live your life. Now, if it's, let me just clarify it. Now, if it's messy to the point of harmful to your health, then definitely clean it right away. If you got asbestos and mold and stuff growing in places it shouldn't be growing, I'm not advising that you turn a blind eye to that and just wear a mask in your house. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like for me, I'm more of the socks on the floor type of guy. That's my kind of mess. I don't really have dirty dishes lying around my room or, you know, things like that. Things that are like a health hazard. But I'm more of the, you know, I get home from work, I strip and my clothes go everywhere and you can't see my floor because there's clothes everywhere. It drives me nuts. It drives me up a wall. I can't stand it. It just amplifies my anxiety and my depression. But my, again, my depression makes it so that I can't really clean it. One of the tips that I would suggest into helping that would be sometimes if I'm watching a TV show, whether it be uh, Netflix or on actual cable TV, I will bargain with myself to try to get myself out of it. So what I'll do is if I'm watching Netflix, I'll say, OK, I'm going to watch this 30, 45 minute episode. And after this episode, I'm going to clean for three minutes. I'm just going to pick stuff up. And then after the episode ends, I try to stick to it and I say, all right, um, while the next episode is loading, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick up all my clothes and I'm going to put them in my laundry basket. And that's literally all I would do. I'll sit down, I'll watch another episode and I'll negotiate with myself for the next thing to do. Okay, I finished my second episode. Uh, my laundry is all put away in the baskets. I feel a little bit better already because a lot of the clutter is gone. How about this time? Let me vacuum real quick. Since the floor is clear, let me just vacuum. And then I'll do that on my next break and then so on and so forth. Sometimes little pushes like that is all you need to get yourself rolling. You don't necessarily need to wake up with a spring in your step and be all gung ho. But sometimes, you know, what you need is just to compromise with yourself, to negotiate with yourself. That's what I do for myself. I have to negotiate with myself to get things done. Now, as I mentioned earlier, depression is an ebb and flow. So there might be some times where I'm in a depressive state for a couple of weeks and then uh, gradually over the next few days after those weeks, I will start to feel myself become lighter and lighter and more out of my depressive episode. And I will take that opportunity to hurry and clean as much as I can. And I'll kind of get this manic energy to tidy up all the things that I let go. So I say that to say that Leaving tomorrow's problems for the you of tomorrow is not a lazy tactic. You don't know how you're going to feel tomorrow. You don't know what's going to go on tomorrow. You might take this day to veg out and indulge your yourself and what it is that you really want in that moment and then wake up in the morning and feel loads better and feel like you can actually tackle the things that are on your to-do list that you've been neglecting because you've been depressed. So this is all to say 
Be kind to yourself. Don't hold yourself to such rigorous, strict standards. Obviously, do your best to maintain what you need to do, maintain the lifestyle that you need to have so that you can continue to live your life, such as going to work, paying your bills and things like that. But for the minor things, don't sweat the minor things. You know what they say, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, the mess is going to be there. The little things that you're nagging yourself about that you're just using as as a, a weapon and beat yourself up even more over it. It's not really worth it. It really isn't. Take some time after work and just relax if that's what you want to do. Uh, take some time after work and listen to some music if that's what you want to do. If that's what your depression is asking you to do, then just do that. If, you know, on the weekends you made plans throughout the week and the weekend comes up and you don't want to do it, then just communicate that. And that's another thing that I wanted to mention moving on to the next topic in self-care and depression. One thing that I've learned within the last few months to a couple years of being in therapy and managing my depression is communication is key. I can't tell you how many relationships I've had that have been damaged in some ways or another because of my depression and not knowing how to manage it very well. Now, for context, one of the things that is very prevalent in the way my depression manifests itself is I tend to become a hermit. I tend to kind of seclude myself and um, I tend to uh, hide from the world and kind of neglect everyone i'll stop answering phone calls returning text messages just the bare minimum communication one day max is alive and present the next day i'm falling off the face of the earth and nobody can find me and that was a very 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 bad quality to my depression that i didn't like and the people in my life didn't really deserve so one thing that i've learned over trial and error is that communication is key if you explain to your friends and your family look I struggle with depression. This is something that I can't control. I am trying to be better. If you can communicate things to me that you would like me to try to do better while I'm going through my depressive episodes, then I will do my best to incorporate that and integrate that into my life so that when I'm having a depressive episode, it's not so distant with you. But just communicate with them. Just say, look, I hide myself when I'm depressed and it's nothing personal against you. I'm just not feeling well. That's something that I learned with my friends, especially because I tend to talk to them every day and you know, a day will go by where I don't actually talk to them and then they're calling me and they're texting me, making sure that I'm okay. And I just don't want to talk. And in the past, I would just ignore the crap out of them until it became something that it didn't need to be. Now, what I do is I'll just send a group text message. Typically in the morning when I know I'm going to have a bad day, I can just feel it coming. I'll send a group text messages to my friends and say, look, guys, um, I am having a bad mental health day today. If I don't respond to your text messages or if I don't answer your phone calls, please don't take it personally. I'm just not feeling well. When I do feel well, I will definitely reach out and maybe we can talk about it or maybe not, whatever. Nine times out of 10, the text messages that I'll get back are something like, you know, sorry, you're going through it, buddy. I'm here to talk if you want to talk. No worries at all. Take your time. We're here for you. That's it. Just simple communication can do so much towards bolstering your self-worth and your need for support, even though you because depression is kind of like that, that dual nature where you want the support and you want to cry out for help. But at the same time, you don't. So communication and getting that type of support back can help you feel like even though you don't want to ask for the support, even though you kind of do, but even though you're not asking for the support, it's there. And you don't feel quite so alone. 
and you feel more able to open up to the people in your life because you didn't just ignore them for 48 hours while they were trying to call and text you. You let them know that you might be ghosting, but that you would reach out when you could. So it's less tension, less awkwardness, less heart feelings when you communicate to the people in your life that you're having a bad time. Just give me some space. I will come to you when I'm ready to come to you. It's nothing personal. Communication is key. So the last couple points that I made was be kind to yourself. Give your body what it's asking for and communicate with your friends and your family. Those are, I I would say, the three top things with managing depression that I would recommend, things that have helped me manage my depression. Another thing that has helped me manage my depression that's kind of more of a minor thing that I definitely am not saying go and do because it can be a slippery slope. So this is just something that I've learned to balance um, that I would share with you guys for other people who might have that support system behind them that would like to give it a try. Something that I do when I'm in my depressive episode is, again, my depression leads me to be very disinterested. It can leave me very mopey, very um, unwilling to do anything, including eating, sleeping. Sometimes it can give me a lot of insomnia and other times it can cause me to sleep for 18 hours in a day. It's it's just, it comes and it goes. It, it's, I never know what's what's going to hit me with each depressive episode that comes. Well, this is something that my therapist and I discovered in one of my sessions was I had been needing to pick up a prescription for some medication. I was already a few days behind on taking my dose, but I was in the middle of a depressive episode and I just could not get the will to actually go to the pharmacy and pick it up. Mind you, the pharmacy is like seven minutes from my house. Um, I was frustrated with myself, which was, again, fueling my depression and my self-deprecation into making me fall deeper into my depression. It was just a really bad cycle. So after talking with my therapist, uh, we discovered that I can function fairly well when I feel like I am being held accountable. So when I feel that other people are depending on me to complete something or if people are expecting me to do something, despite my depression, I will do my best to get it done. And nine times out of 10, it's very successful. So what she did for me that one time was we talked about um, I would have to pass the pharmacy on my way home from her office. And she said, well, on your way home, stop and pick up your your prescription. And then I want you to text me a picture of your prescription in hand to let me know that you got it. I'm going to be expecting that photo from you to let me know that you got it. So after days of pushing off, picking up a prescription that I desperately needed that same day, Within 30 minutes of my session ending with her, I had my prescription in hand and I had sent her a photo expressing my thanks and my gratitude for giving me the kick in the butt that I needed because sometimes depression makes it hard to do things for yourself, but easy to do things for other people. And that's something that I learned about myself. It's very hard for me to do things for myself, just for me. But when I know that other people are depending on me or relying on me for whatever the case may be, whatever the reason is, that despite my depression, it's a lot easier for me to keep it moving and to keep it pushing. So I'm not saying, you know, hound all your friends and your family to make you accountable, make them a list of things that they need to call you and talk to you about. But I'm saying that if you need that extra boost, I mean, there are times where, you know, I'll text my friend and I'll say, buddy, I need to clean my room and I just can't do it. Can you tell me to do it? And she'll text me, go clean your room, buddy. And I'll get up and I'll clean my room. It seems roundabout. It seems trivial when I say it out loud, but it's a tactic that I've learned that is very efficient for me. 
that's something that you might try. But again, don't abuse it. Your family and your friends are not responsible for you. You are responsible for you. So, you know, go to your PCP, go get yourself a therapist or a psychiatrist. If you're struggling and you're in a really dark place with your depression, get on some medication if you need to. There's no shame in any of that. Don't rely so heavily on your friends and your family because you want them to be a support system, not an enabling system. There's a big difference. So be careful how you exercise that little tip if you choose to exercise it. Another thing about self-care and depression that I wanted to touch on was my first episode talked about self-care and passion and how I felt that doing things that you're passionate about is the best way to self-care. It's the best way I felt to... Self-care is to express yourself through your passion, whatever that passion may be, whatever it is that you're passionate about. But how do you do that thing when you're in a depressive episode? That's the rub. So that's something I'm going to be honest, I haven't gotten the trick down yet. That's still something I struggle with. And that's partly the reason why it's taken me so long to get this podcast episode out because I'm just now getting out of a depressive episode myself. So I don't really have a really good recommendation for that. Honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't really know what to say that's going to help because it's something I'm still learning to do. But I would at least say try. Just try it because sometimes you may feel on a surface level while you're lying in bed that you don't want to do anything. If you try to dabble in that thing, Sometimes you'll get swept away into it and it'll actually be something that you do and you commit to for a, a certain period of time and it makes you feel better. For instance, these past couple of weeks, I have been for these past couple of weeks, I've been trying and trying and trying to get this podcast episode out and I haven't been able to do it because the passion wasn't in there. The, the excitement wasn't in there. I couldn't get my thoughts out of a negative place to make an actual decent podcast episode. So even though I didn't record anything worth putting out, I still recorded about four episodes that I ended up trashing, but I still tried. I still sat in front of my computer. I still sat at my workstation and I still sat in front of this mic and I tried to talk to you guys and I tried to put something out there. It just wasn't up to standard, but at least it was something that made me feel like I didn't completely give up. It made me feel better knowing that even though I haven't actually published anything, I can still say that I'm trying and I'm still working on it. And it's not something that I've given up because that's one thing that I've learned over my years of having depression and, and balancing having my depression and exercising my passion is that the longer I go without doing that thing that I'm passionate about, the more disconnected from myself that I feel and the more I feel lost because I feel like I lost that part of me that I enjoyed so much. I was only diagnosed with depression recently in the last couple of years. And before that, I, I had really bad PTSD and depression through high school. High school is when I really started to write my poetry and really get into um, my creations and things like that. And then after high school, something happened where I just suddenly stopped writing poetry. And this went on for years. I didn't write a poem again until 2018 and I graduated in 2012. So about six years, I didn't write any poetry. And it was something that I talked to my friends about continuously because it was something I felt that I had lost. It was something actually I brought up to my therapist when I first started to see her was that I felt like I didn't know who I was because the things that I once enjoyed doing and that I thought defined me so well, 
I didn't do anymore. And it made me feel so much like I was just tilting in space. And like I didn't have any stable footing underneath me because this was something that was part of my identity for so long. It was something that I was known for for so long and suddenly it wasn't there anymore. So having depression and trying to do what you're passionate about and exercise your passion can be very, very difficult. But my advice would be don't do what I did. Try, even if it's crap, even if you don't like what you end up creating, whether it's art, poetry, writing, stories, music, whatever it is, even if you don't like it, exercise it. Try, even if it's not good, just try. I say that to try to help someone out there avoid what I felt because that was something that was very difficult for me to bounce back from and I'm still learning to bounce back from was that that great loss of identity because I had lost what I was passionate about for so many years. It was to the point where even the people in my life noticed that I wasn't doing what I was passionate about. The point is that even if you're not happy or content with whatever it is that you are passionate about and the final product of it, if it's some kind of creation, that's not the point. It's something tethering you to who you are when you're not in a depressive state. And that's most important to remind yourself that depression is something you feel and it's not something that you are all the time. Again, for people like me, I don't know if there's people out there who are depressed 24 seven. Um, but for me, you know, I try to remind myself constantly, this is something that I have. It's something that I struggle with managing, but it's not all of who I am. This is not a defining trait of mine. And there's a very, very powerful distinction between those two mindsets. Depression is not who you are. It is a state of being, but it does not define you. What defines you is your passions. And when you're lost in that dark sea of depression and you're struggling to get yourself out and you just feel like you're drowning and the world is pressing on you, even if there's nothing going on and you don't understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling, that lifeline into who you are when you're not in that state can be enough to pull you back out of it. So even if you are not excited or proud or willing to share whatever it is that your passion is with the rest of the world that you managed to uh, exercise while you were in the depression state. That's not the point. Okay. Like I said in the last episode, that's not the point. Your passion is not solely meant to be something you distribute to the world. It's just your connection to you. And that's what you need the most of when you're in a depressive state. So please, even if you are not happy with your final product of whatever it is that you're passionate about. Just do it half-heartedly. If you have to do it half-heartedly, that's fine. Just do something. If you are big into writing, you don't have to write a whole novel. You don't have to write a whole three page essay about something. You don't have to write a whole blog post. You don't have to write anything long. Even if you just write one paragraph, heck the other day I was uh, a couple days ago, I I was still in my depressive episode and I had this really cool idea for a story and I couldn't get myself to sit down and write, but I wrote one sentence, just one. I wrote one sentence and I felt pretty proud of myself. It's a horrible sentence and I'm pretty sure I spelled a word wrong in that one sentence, but 
I was still pretty proud of myself for that because I could have just listened to that voice in my head and just laid in bed. I could have just let that feeling, let that thought, let that inspiration just go. I could have just let it go and not done anything to keep it and save it for myself for when I'm back to feeling better. But instead, I took the time out to write one short introductory sentence. And now I can go back. Now that I'm feeling better, I can go back and I can find that sentence and I can keep the ball rolling. But it was something to tether me to this present state of mind. It's like exercising your passion when you're in the middle of a depressive episode is like telling your future you, you're going to be okay. It's like hope. It's like saying, I feel like crap right now. And there's a lot of things running through my mind and I'm not happy with my state of mind at the moment, but this is not forever. So I'm going to do what I'm passionate about because there is going to be a better day soon. So I'm not going to give up on the things that make me happy. Even though I can't feel that happiness in this moment, I'm not going to give up on what makes me happy because one day I will be able to enjoy it again. And for that day that's coming, I owe it to myself to do something about it now. And that is something that is hard. It's a mindset that is hard to understand and it's hard to really accept and believe when you're in a depressive episode. Trust me, it's hard to feel like there's hope. It's hard to feel like what you're feeling in that moment is not going to last forever because that's what it feels like. It feels like you're never going to be okay. So doing that one small thing is a way of rebelling against those negative untruthful feelings while you're in a depressive episode and saying, you know what, I may not believe that there's going to be better days, but I'm going to do this thing that I'm passionate about, even though I may not be good at it right now, even though I may not be putting the passion and the heart into it that I normally would, I'm still going to do something about it. I'm going to exercise this small bit of my passion just in case. May not be hopeful, but just in case. Plus, when you're depressed, it's always a good thing to think about tomorrow in a good way I mean don't think about tomorrow in a negative way but what I mean is suicide is the number one cause of death in teenagers from age 15 to 20 and that comes from depression so you know sometimes believing that there's going to be a tomorrow is enough to get you through there and is enough to help you see that tomorrow so do something to tether yourself so everyone, that is my short, quick episode on self-care and depression. I apologize that it's not a little bit longer for you guys. However, like I said, every time I made an episode, I just kept on rambling and going down all these different channels and avenues. Depression is such a convoluted to topic to talk about. It's such a complicated topic to talk about that, especially with me dealing with it, it makes it a more closer to home topic and it's easier for me to ramble so actually I wanted to keep this one short and sweet and kind of stick to the topic points at hand if you feel like this is not in depth enough and you want me to make a second episode branching off of this one please let me know comment email me at deliberately with purpose at gmail you can find me on facebook deliberately with purpose you can message me there. Just let me know what you thought of this episode. If you want me to get into more detail, I definitely can, and I would be more than happy to. But like I said, for the purpose of this episode, I wanted to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. If there's things in here that you want me to get more in depth on, you want me to talk more about, if you want me to do just a general depression episode, I'd be more than happy to do that. If you want me to talk more about um, my experiences with depression, 
um, and what I've learned through self-discovery and through therapy, I will definitely love to share that with you as well. So keep the communication lines open. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you'd like to hear more of. And I will be making a uh, third episode as part of my self-care series, and that will be um, self-care and healthy coping skills. So if you have any ideas on what you'd like to see in that episode, what you want to hear me talk about in that episode, please shoot me a message. I'll be more than happy to try to include it if I can. And I'll probably be making a filler episode about poetry at some point that is going to be separate from my series. I kind of want it to be something where I uh, sit down with you guys, have a heart to heart, talk about how you write poetry, why it's so important to me, and share some of my work. I haven't figured out the details of it yet, but I will keep you guys posted on my Facebook page. So for now, don't be a stranger. Hit me up if you have any questions, suggestions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, and I'll see you next time.